everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Strugglehood Podcast. I am your host, Jess, and today I am interviewing yet another mom that found my TikTok, and I am super excited to introduce her. Her name is Mariah, and she submitted some information to me about coming on, and I think it's going to be a lot of fun to talk. So I have Mariah here. Mariah, say hello. Hi, everyone. How are you? I'm good. I'm so excited about this. Thank you so much for having me on. Thank you so much for coming on. I this is a new venture for me. So, um I my background is I'm a photographer. So, I am kind of diving more into doing something that's not exactly work related. It's more for me and I'm um, just kind of finding a different creative outlet and I am trying my hand at the whole TikTok thing, which I know you're more it seems to be like you're more better at TikTok than I am. So, before I get carried away and we get too far into things, why don't you kind of tell us about yourself? Yeah, of course. So my name is Mariah and I am a mom from Pennsylvania. Um, I used to be a third grade teacher and I just recently started the venture of being a stay at home mom uh, to my five and a half month old Nathan. Uh, so I'm just like super excited about this. I kind of knew like when I got pregnant, eventually I'd be a stay at home mom and everything. So that yeah. was like no surprise there. But it's been really exciting so far. Like Jess said, I, I love TikTok. I stumbled upon her TikTok and that's how I'm here now. So it's really crazy how those things like work. Yeah. I literally, I was, where was I? I was getting ready to do a birthday dinner with one of my girls and I was in the car waiting and I'm like, okay, I'm just going to post this TikTok and just like, see what happens. Um, yes. Cause I'm trying to, my, my goal with this podcast, um, which I told the guests that I had on last night, um, is I'm trying to just connect with people who are like everyday people, right? They're, yeah. you know, and TikTok is a very good platform for that. And I am sure. trying my hand at TikTok, but I really hope that the podcast can be a platform for just everyday people, moms, maybe dads, if they want to come on and somebody sees my TikTok and they're like, I'm a dad, I'll come on and, you know, that kind of thing. But I'm hoping <laughs> that we can just kind of connect with people who are relatable, if that makes sense. Yes. And yes. I know straight off the bat, looking at your content that you seem very relatable. I, I enjoyed Thank some of your you. TikToks that I saw. Thank there, you. So. <laughs> So I know that you said you were a third grade teacher, kind of walk me yeah. through how you got into that and kind of what led you to, cause I know you had wrote into me saying that you just recently left and mm. I'm assuming it's because you came a, became a mom. Yes. Um, but if you want to, you know, kind of walk through the teacher journey, cause I have two kids in school and it is <laughs> not a cakewalk for teachers by any stretch. Definitely not. No, no way. So I think the two things I always knew I wanted to be like growing up was a teacher and a mom. So it's kind of cool that like I've already been able to like accomplish those two things. Um, I, you know, I went to school for teaching. I substituted. I student taught. I did like all of the right things, went and got my master's in teaching and everything. And then like the pandemic happened and I feel like but, you know, everyone has a pandemic story that the pandemic changed your life in some way. And I feel like my teaching career was just like stunted by the pandemic. You know, like I feel so like that's a very common response for people. Like <laughs> a lot of the teachers that I've seen, because like for a while there, I was on teacher TikTok and, or teacher talk. Sorry. Um, <laughs> and I feel like that very much may, I haven't seen it so much probably like this school year, but especially last year, like my kids went back last school season without masks for the first time. And I wow. know that like the, at that point at the start of last school year, a lot of people I saw coming onto TikTok saying, you know, I've, I went into this job 
it being my passion and I've just been completely drained, which like you said, everybody has a COVID story, but, um, so how did you navigate that? So I was substituting before the pandemic and after the pandemic, once like everyone was kind of starting to either go like hybrid or whatever, Mm -hmm. um, I found a teaching job online for like a cyber charter school. So that's where I worked since uh, January of 2021. And I just recently left January of 2023. So I worked worked through like two and a half school years. Um, But I I really enjoyed it at first but the pandemic brought us a lot of like new students Mm -hmm. and cyber school is is tricky because they're either like the students that really excel and they have a bunch of like at home support or you see just like the kids that just unfortunately like fall off they don't they have like working parents and it's a third grader sitting alone in front of a screen and like, how are they going to be held accountable for their work? So that just kind of like graded on me as well. And then everything was good. I think it was just mainly becoming a mom in addition to everything else I had, you know, experience that kind of drove me towards my final decision of quitting. And I'm sure too, it might be one of those things that like you kind of had that suck of energy for teaching yeah. like kind of come out of you. And then the new spark of, oh my gosh, I'm a mom for the Other first time. Head, yes. You know, I can, I can see for me how that would drive me to be like, mm-hmm. I'm going to be a stay at home mom. Like that's just yeah, the vibe right now. And it's kind of like the same spark I experienced, like when I first started teaching. So I was like, oh my God, like joy again. So I was like, this is like what it feels like again. So out yeah. of curiosity, do you feel like that you would have chosen the same path if the pandemic didn't happen? Like, do you think you would have gone back to school teaching or do you think you would have still been like had the baby and decided to be a stay at home mom? I, th- I think I would have still decided like along this path. Maybe I would have like gone back a little bit longer, like finished yeah. up the school year, but it was just hard. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I, I have actually a third grader and a second grader. My two kids are 13 months apart. So, well, my older, I have have a one-year-old, she just turned one in December. And so there's a seven year age gap between my middle and my youngest. Um, but I had my first two when I was very young, um, got pregnant at 19, had my oldest daughter at 20 and then my second form of birth control. So I got pregnant on the pill and then got pregnant on an IUD (laughs) and yeah, it was like, very shocking. So, um, I was not planning to have my second as soon as I did, but my IUD failed and I got pregnant. And so they're like, they're like crazy BFFs, but, um, you know, my, they're two also very different kids. So my daughter is one of those kids who did okay during the pandemic, like Mm -hmm. doing the virtual learning where my son, like, I am not a teacher. I am not like, I am a very good mom in my opinion, but I am not cut out to be a mom and a teacher at the same time. I've heard this from so many parents. I am so (laughs) sure you have. And so it's like, as I'm sure you can imagine, that was just like a struggle. And then my son actually had an IEP. So like that was an added layer onto his already inattentive to wanting to do it at home with me in the first place. And so I have a profound appreciation for teachers. And so thank you for doing what you did when you did it. And, you know, do you feel like at some point, maybe when Nathan, or if you have more kids or not, do you, it's Nate, right? Nathan? Nathan. Yeah. Nathan. Okay. I just want to make sure I was remembering that right. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Do you feel like at some point you might go back into teaching or do you think you're kind of done with it right now? 
I think for right now I'm done, but like once all of the kids that like we wind up having are mm-hmm. in like kindergarten, I think maybe I would start to go back. And I've, I've like tink- tinkered with the idea of putting him in daycare one day a week and like subbing or something mm-hmm. like that. But I'm not sure yet. You know, how do you we'll like see. subbing? Like what, like can you, what is that about? Lot. Like, cause I've thought about doing it. Cause I feel like there's always subbing positions posted to my kids at school. There's and I'm like, always subbing positions. That's something you'll always yeah. find. How, and all like, you need is a bachelor's degree. All you need okay. is a bachelor's degree in anything. Like, and okay. honestly, they're like taking anyone at this point because of how the world is yeah. right now. So they're yeah. like letting anyone walk in, which is a good and bad thing. But, yeah. um, you usually go through like a third party, um, like company okay. and they like contract you out for the day. So mm-hmm. the school district has like a flat rate that they pay for okay. the day, um, like per diem. Mm-hmm. And then you just, you get your like assignment, you would like submit it online and then you get your assignment, you go in for the day. And I usually only took like elementary or middle school stuff. I ventured into like <laughs> high school stuff once or twice. And I thought about no. like, I would probably be assigned to high school and I still am recovering from my high school experience, yeah, which right. was over a decade ago at this point, but I still am like, I would be so awkward. Like I wouldn't know and how to I handle the lingo. I would be so threatened mm-hmm. by these like 16 year old girls just mm-hmm. like staring at me. I'm like, Oh my God. Like, yeah, like Oh my gosh. I don't do my makeup. Like my hair. Like, yeah. I'd be re-traumatized all over again. So like, like, if I were to ever. Judging you. The good yeah. part is you yeah. got to choose your like assignment. So oh, that's good. That's why I chose elementary and middle, but every school district is different too. So it, I had, that's a whole nother like story, but there's just like so many trauma stories from something. We should, you should come back on and like, give like your take on like your, just your school experience. So how many years were you a teacher? Um, five. Yeah. Five. So a lot to unpack in that five years. Yeah, a lot to unpack. Yes, definitely. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, okay. So you were a teacher. And then you had Nathan, tell me about Mm -hmm. your experience, whatever you're comfortable sharing um, and what your journey has been like for you as a first time mom. Cause I feel like, especially where you're on TikTok, I'm sure you've seen, there's a million zillion different ways to do things. Mm -hmm. There are people who say, Oh, do this. And you know, don't do that and whatever. So tell me about your personal experience going into motherhood. I'm so curious. Yeah, I feel, I feel like this is like a crazy time to be a a first time mom mm-hmm. because there's so much information mm-hmm. on like TikTok and like all of these different blog posts and Instagram and like you can get out and touch the finger and yeah. it's so great but it's also like so bad because we're like comparing ourselves mm-hmm. to others there's mm-hmm. just so much information like you said there's a million different ways to do things and a lot of things it's okay if you do them different ways, like things like yeah. car seat safety, of course not. But like, there's right. a lot of things that you're going to do different ways. So I feel like it's just a very interesting time to be on like mom talk right now. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. So when I got pregnant, that was like something I had to navigate was this like mm-hmm. huge gush of information that I suddenly had like all of a sudden I'm on like pregnancy TikTok and what is everyone else doing? And what am I going to do with the nursery? And how am I going to give birth? And do I need a mm-hmm. birth plan? And it was just like so much information. Yeah, I feel like sure. what really helped me was just like taking a step back and thinking about like, if I hadn't seen this, like, 
these types of things, these videos, would I seek out this information? Like what mm-hmm. am I actually looking for online mm-hmm. and what is actually like important to me, you know? I and like, it, yeah, I just, I, I don't that. know. I just needed to like evaluate what was important for me in my pregnancy journey and like my birth journey and now my motherhood journey. And mm-hmm. that's like helped me not like compare myself because we see these tech- Thank you. You see these TikToks of like daily vlogs and stuff. And I'm just yeah. like, oh my God, like I don't do that. I don't have the time for that. And I'm just like, where are you finding the time like to set up your camera uh, to film mm-hmm. like you and your son playing and then like move it to show I a different direction? Far too stressed. Like I've tried to do it. And I like, yeah. so for my TikTok, like, it's obviously geared towards my podcast. And so like, I'm hoping yeah. to share like some of the, some clips from some of the episodes and everything. And, you know, I want to generate discussions about like real honest conversation and like mm-hmm. bring light to the fact that I just actually recently made a TikTok where I mentioned like, I'm not an aesthetically pleasing mom. My house is not set up to yeah. look great camera ready all the time. I am certainly not camera ready at any point in time <laughs> and I'm okay with that. And so my, my hope is to like maybe do some TikToks of like, you know, this yeah. is what we did today, but also, you know, talk about like something that's happened, like a struggle and an achievement and stuff like that. But, you know, the people that's who awesome. dedicate to, you know, get ready with me, go to Target with me every single day, multiple times a day. It's like, every I love day. that for them, but it's also, it's not reality for, I would say like 90% of us. Exactly. Exactly. I was going to say, we see those and we yeah. think, oh my God, I'm the minority because I'm not doing mm-hmm. that. But they're mm-hmm. the minority doing that. They 100% mm-hmm. are. Like 95% of us moms, we're not going to Target every day. We're not putting on pants nope. that aren't dirty leggings that we picked up off the floor. Like we're not, setting up, we're not setting up like a tripod everywhere we go. No. I've tried and failed. So that's why like my TikTok is more like in the moment. Like, oh my God, mm-hmm. I just thought of this. Like I want to mm-hmm. record it. Or just like that. fast little things, you know, because I just, I don't have the time. No. And that's like, I feel like that's more than enough. Like any ounce of energy that you're giving to TikTok for people is just more than enough. And then you have the people who are like, where have you been? Cause I, I follow, you know, a variety of creators from makeup artists to those rug cleaning videos to like all sorts of things. Right. So like, depending on the time of day, I'm always like rug cleaning videos are for like when I'm going to bed and you know, whatever. Oh my God. What's like the weirdest corner of TikTok that you ever ended up on? Oh, um, weirdest corner. I think mine was like, I was on like Mormon talk for a while, like ex Mormon talk. Okay. Taylor Frankie Paul. <laughs> Wait, what? Taylor Frankie yes. Paul. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay. So that is like a whole scandal and a half right now on TikTok, which we don't even have to go down that rabbit hole, but like, yeah, That's I've, like I've, I've, like, I've ended up. So I think the most recent one that I can think of is I have never watched sister wives. But for really? some reason, I have ended up on Sister Wives TikTok, like the show. And all I see is Sister Wives, like clips and stuff. And so like there was like a good solid three days where I was like trying to piece it all together of like, I think the dude's name is Cody or something. And Cody was like with Robin and like all this falling out stuff. And then it was like old scenes. And yeah, I was like, I don't know how I ended up here, but maybe I'll have to like divulge into that whole thing. There's at some, some point fun in time. corners of TikTok. Like I love the like, am I the asshole videos? Like I just, oh yeah, I've actually read a couple of am I the asshole stories on here, which was like the whole trajectory of this podcast is like kind of already changed in just the past couple of weeks. But, um, 
Yeah. Like I find all sorts of things. Like I, yeah, you I were like do reading makeup. posts, right? And then just like giving your opinion about like controversial like posts and stuff. Yeah. So it started out as, you know, I think I'm going to do like the Reddit thing. And then I'm like, oh, well, why don't I incorporate some TikToks? Because I've seen some like really interesting TikToks and I've done some of those. And then I'm like, well, I really want to like engage with people too. So like I'm kind of all over the map with this, but I think, you know, I think it's good to have some variety to keep hopefully my listeners engaged in some sort and, you know, whatever. And I also, I am very much a social person and, you know, for my job, I'm, you know, I'm a primarily a wedding photographer. So when I go out, I'm engaging with people and like, Mm -hmm. I'm, you know, talking with the moms and the grandmas and the bridal party and, you know, and I, it's, definitely become a big part of my personality where I talk to people and it's like the polar opposite from my husband. That sweet man is very much an introvert and he is not a talker to people on the internet. Also, when I told him I was going to be doing this, he was like, are you serious? And I'm like, yeah, like, why not? Like, it doesn't make me nervous to talk to people. So I'm like, I'm more leaning towards like, I'm going to start doing more of these type of things where I can just talk to people and get to know them and stuff like that. So but yeah, TikTok, man, it is a whirlwind. And, you know, I'm appreciative to the fact that you were able to, for you, advocate for your own self and be like, no, like I need to focus on like what my goals are, what, you know, what I want for my child and then kind of go from there. So do you feel like you had a pretty okay pregnancy being the fact that like you were pregnant and on TikTok, like did TikTok stress you out at all? Um, I think that trying to keep up with like making content on TikTok mm-hmm. stressed me out. And I kind of took a step back from it while I was pregnant. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm okay with that because I, I don't really think I was like missed or anything. It just like yeah. was something I, I did do a bunch while I was pregnant. I mm-hmm. kind of wish I did like a little bit more of it, um, while I was pregnant. So that's something for my second pregnancy. I want to like keep up on it and everything. Cause it's something I enjoy and stress release and, you know, connecting with different people. I've met tons of different, you know, I'm here right now. I've met tons of different people from TikTok. So I think that's just like one way, but yeah, overall, my, my pregnancy was like great, like physically, like complication free and everything. And I was able to be in like a good place mentally too. That's amazing. I, um, it's, it's crazy. Cause I remember with my older two, TikTok wasn't a thing 10 years ago. Like my oldest is going to be turning nine. So, you know, back then it was just Instagram and Facebook. And even that was good Lord. Like that, that was, was enough, even a whole thing. Sure. Yeah. So like, and so with my one-year-old, I was pregnant, like starting to come out of the pandemic, which was a whole thing in and of itself. And then added on to TikTok, I just, I, I personally go to therapy and I would talk to my therapist about how much anxiety I had for my third pregnancy versus I, and I attribute a lot of this to the fact that like I was very young and naive and didn't pay attention to a lot of things back then where like the good part of TikTok, right. Is you are informed about things that you probably may have never thought about, but the curse side of that is, you know, do I need to dive to how far do I need to like, yeah. yeah, How far am I diving into this? So the experience with my pregnancy with my youngest daughter, Charlie, um, it was like, I had the COVID situation. And then I also had the social media situation because there were, you know, parts of like infant loss that I had never really thought about. And like, so I had a lot of anxiety about that. And, you know, as a, as a mom, I'm sure you've probably got experience where you're like constantly checking on them. And, Mm -hmm. um, and it got really unhealthy for a little while there for me, where a couple of weeks I was like, not really sleeping. And my husband's like, 
it's okay to ask for help. And it's like, no, no, I have to do it. And so, you know, I did get some of that negative stuff from TikTok where like, I, I wouldn't have thought about this if I wasn't seeing it on social media. And so my therapist yeah. was like, you really probably should get off TikTok. And I'm like, but I also love it because it's like a stress reliever. You know what I mean? Like it's a mindless yeah, exactly. thing. Yeah. And so it's like, it's hard. It's just, and so I hard. love that now, especially like with being open about like postpartum depression, postpartum anxiety, a lot more people are talking about like what you said, seeing a video mm-hmm being triggered by it or like mm-hmm. instantly going into panic about it. Cause that happened mm-hmm. when I was freshly postpartum too, with like mm-hmm. the baby blues and everything. And I was oh, crying every single day, like clockwork at 4 PM. And my husband would be like, okay, it's, it's 4 PM. Like <laughs> the sun is setting. Something's happening. <laughs> Something You're crying at the same time every day. Like what, what is this witchcraft? But oh seriously, like I was like scrolling through TikTok as my son was sleeping in my arms, yeah. like a week old. And it was like Sid's video, Sid's video. Yes. And I think the best yep. thing, and it didn't happen back then, it happened now. And now I've like changed my settings, but that you can go in and like mute words in like phrases. Oh, I didn't yeah. know that. You didn't know that? People are like no, bringing writing, this I'm up I'm writing now. this down. I'm writing yeah, this down. Yeah, you can go into your settings mm-hmm. and Lord. you can put like SIDS, infant loss, PPD, PPA as like okay. things you don't want. Like if that word or phrase is in the caption or the mm-hmm. video, it won't show up for you. Yeah, you thank, can like mute thank words. Thank God I brought you on because that's very good information. <laughs> I would have like, I know that you can like filter your own comments but maybe that's also like a dual thing of like you can filter your comments but also your videos which i didn't realize maybe, you do. yeah i'm not sure if that that is like the same thing but i oh, know with that like case that was just like brought up that yeah. brought that up because a lot of people didn't really want to see content about that well, and so. a lot of people are putting zero trigger warnings on anything so it's like unless you're seeing it in the caption it just there are some things that just springs upon you and like there have been a few occasions where i find myself just uncontrollably sobbing because i'm like i was not expecting that that was like a and then god forbid you comment like hey this needs a trigger warning and people like jump down your throat yeah and they're like this is good information to know and it's like okay for who not me but like <laughs> not me like, oh my god! I have my own I'm issues. I'm gonna see myself out. Yeah, 100. I'm gonna schedule an appointment with my therapist now. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, uh, you had a great pregnancy, which is amazing. How was your birth experience? Um. Okay. So I went into labor on my birthday, September 22nd. Happy birthday! And- I know, right? Oh my goodness. So like I get myself all dressed up and I sit down on my computer for my day at work. And like my first class was at nine. And while I'm like teaching my first English class, I start like having contractions and they're not like regular at all, but I'm like, okay, I'm okay. Like I can breathe through this. I'm all right. And they weren't regular at all, but I get off at 10 and I like, my husband was home for the day and I'm like, Mm -hmm. I think, I think I'm having contractions. I think he's something's like, happening. What? I was like, 100% something's happening. Yeah. And so I like got an app really quick. Like the ones that, and I'm, I'm going to be honest. I don't really understand the like whole timing of contractions. I was just like pressing it buttons. It still confuses me. Yeah. It's so confusing. So I was just like relying on when it like showed a little like ambulance. I was like, you should head to the hospital. Oh, 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 that's so neat. 
that was neat. And I was like, okay, so I didn't do that like all day. And I was mm-hmm. okay. But around two o'clock, I was like, I should probably contact my like principal and be like, we have a sub for me. Right. Like I'm, I'm, my duty was Monday, yeah. Sunday. Okay. So I wasn't like, if I didn't go into labor, I'd be working on Monday, but they were definitely supposed to have a sub for me on Monday. But it, this was Thursday. And I'm like, yeah, so I'm early. going into labor. Yeah, yeah. I'm going into labor. And they're like, okay, well, you're going to meet with like your sub. And I'm like, still having contractions, trying to like explain everything. Oh to my like, God. I'd have a pan- I would have a panic attack. It was crazy. It was crazy. I'm like, I had to change. I was, I'm like sweating. I had to change out of like the outfit I had on. And then by like 6 PM, I'm like trying every position possible. I had already mm-hmm. been like in the bathtub. I'm like over chairs. I'm laying down and nothing's working. So I'm like, mm-hmm. we're going to the hospital tonight, I guess. Yeah. And, we're called. <sighs> and they said, go in and yes. we get to triage and the doctor checks me. He's like, yeah, you're five centimeters dilated. You're Holy having a baby moly. tonight. I'm like, oh my gosh. And then Nathan That's actually fast. wasn't born until the next day. Okay. At 3 p.m. So I think my like epidural like slowed me down. Yeah. I got it pretty early. Like I got it right when I like went got up in. to the room. Mm-hmm. Got in because I was like, get rid of the pain, please. Yeah, yeah. Like, but no, thank you. That delayed. Yeah, no, thank you. I can't do this. <laughs> so that then that delayed um, three hours of pushing, you know, stitches oh my and the gosh, whole nine. You poor thing. Yeah, it was a lot. But I swear it's like, I've heard it's like a biological thing that like you just get rid of all that trauma as soon as you're like holding your angel baby. It was instant for me. And instantly you're like, what? I didn't push for three hours. I didn't have a third degree tear. I didn't get stitches. It's like, was this actually a thing that just happened? Because that felt like an eternity, but suddenly it's like, whoa. Let's do it again. Like that's how I felt. You're like, oh my god, let's do it again. And then you go home without any nurses, and you're like, let's never do this again. Is going on? What is going? Like suddenly, like the baby won't latch. You're like Mm -hmm. crying. You and your husband are alone, and you're like, what did we do? Like for me, you want to know what's so crazy is the fact that like. You bring up a good point. It's like you're in so much bliss the first two days, and then you get home and you're like, "What did we do?" And I feel like that's when baby blue sets in too. Like when you're in the hospital, you're yeah. on like a high, and then as soon as it's you unfair. get home, yeah, yeah it's yep. like it's like I don't even need to be at the hospital the first two days. I need to like check back in at day two because that is when <laughs> both of my two. <laughs> I had I so yeah, I had a two um, vaginal deliveries for my older two, and then I had to end up having a C section for my third. So okay. each story is very different, but it is like with each of them, pretty much like once we got home, it's like stuff started hitting the fan, and I'm like, wait Shit, a second, yeah. what is going on? And I remember with my daughter. Um, my daughter and my son, I had visiting home nurses, but for COVID, we didn't have that Mm. for Charlie. And you would think like being a third time mom, I would have like a grip on things, but like, no, like everything I remembered from the first two, like right out the window. And And every kid's different too. Each three of your babies were different. I'm sure. Oh, oh my gosh. It's like, so my first, I swear she was like an angel baby started sleeping in at like literally two weeks old. It was a fluke. Like also a trick by nature. Mother nature says have more. This is so easy. Have more. I swear everybody I know says this and it's literally so true. It is so easy. 
which I do know people who have like all great kids, which I don't know what kind of juju juice they're drinking to like get that to happen. But like they're God's my, favorite. my son, my son was the polar opposite and he was colicky oh, no. and I, I tell this to people all the time who know me. It's like, I was on autopilot those first, the first year of my son's life, because I was literally just, I was a single mother and it was like, I don't, I I just had to focus on getting through each hour. And even like, even with my husband, there were certain times where I was like, just hysterically crying. Like, oh my gosh, I don't like, I, I, it's like, I never had a kid before. I don't know what I'm doing. And so it's, it's true what you say. It's like, I feel like we, it's not like we want to stay in the hospital for an extended stay, but I feel like there should be something set up within the first two days at home where like, maybe somebody's checking in on you to still give you those pointers because it's like, you have that care and you can send the baby to the nursery and then you get home and you can't send the baby to the nursery to get any sleep. So it's like, what do you and do? And they just kick you out of the nest. They're like, they're like, that was a good run. Peace out. See yeah, you the next right? time. Like, yeah. yeah. So you said that Nathan was, cause he's five months old right? Five and a half months. Yeah. Oh my gosh. He's still a little bitty thing. Oh my gosh. How has it been with him? Like what is it like what you expected? Like what are all, tell me all the things, how it's going. Um, I think it's like more than expected. Like I, I love it. I just love Mm -hmm. being his mom. And it it just like, like we said, it's just like total bliss when you first hold them and first experience Mm -hmm. that and everything. There's definitely been like tricky moments and stuff like that, but he's Mm -hmm. such a great first baby. Good for you, girl. Oh, I'm so happy. I, I know happy it's never going to happen again. <laughs> I know it's never going to happen again. I'm never scared say to never. I'm telling you, there is like a 1% of the population that gets all good babies. So you could be I that 1% sister. I do not think sister. I've heard that percent, but oh, fingers crossed. Thank you. Sending the vibes. He's sending all the good vibes. I'm not sure if I'm God's favorite. We'll find out the more kids I have. But yeah, he's he's been awesome. He started sleeping through the night around... I want to say like three months Good and he had a very very minor four-month regression was okay. literally just him like waking up every at like midnight and then sometimes at like two or three mm-hmm. but his dad would be able to like rock him down and put him back to sleep mm-hmm. um and that was the extent we had a couple nights where he wouldn't go back mm-hmm. to sleep from like one until like three. And then we mm-hmm. were on the couch sleeping with him mm-hmm. until five in the morning. And those nights weren't fun, but he's been great since we moved him into the crib. And I was so nervous to move him into the crib. Crib time can be so, so tricky. And it's again, you see the people who are like big, big advocates for like, room sharing for the first year and for us i mean we're room sharing against our will because we just don't have a big enough house right now Uh so our older two have their own rooms and then charlie our room is thankfully just big enough that she has her crib but um i've always done the trip the crib transition pretty easily but then you have those people who are like have their wild opinions on how to do it when to do it don't do it before this time. Don't, you know, follow these. That's just one of the, those things that doesn't matter. Like it doesn't yeah. matter if they're in the crib from day one mm-hmm. or if they're in the crib at six months, you know, like as if long as you're there, following there. the weight and the height on like your bassinet or your packing play, as long as mm-hmm. you're doing it safely, like then all power to you. He was in a bassinet, loved the bassinet, became a big boy. Hated the bassinet. He got big. That's so <laughs> he sad. Got big. 
<laughs> yeah, he oh, got big. And then at exactly four months, like the day he turned four months, mm-hmm. we had been up that night before on the couch, like uh-huh. from midnight to like three, he didn't sleep. And then I slept with him in my arm, barely slept with him in my arms from mm-hmm. three to five. Cause mm-hmm. I was just like survival mode. I was like, you need to sleep. I need yep. to sleep. I have work in the morning. I'm just shut my eyes for 30 seconds. <laughs> I know. Right. In 30 second increments. Like, Okay. Yeah. Like when I open. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Right. I'm like sitting up like this. You're like in the most uncomfortable, like airplane position where like you're yes. on an airplane. There's no possible way you're going to be like yep. getting any sort of sleep. That is how I like remember every one of my children when I've had to like, it's just. And you have him like, so that his nose is like out there, like not near yep. any clothing. You're like, okay, yep. you're good. All the things. I'm good. I'm going to close my eyes for a couple seconds. Mm -hmm. But that morning we're like, holy crap. Mm -hmm. And my husband just looks at me and he's like, do you want to try the crib tonight? And I don't know if it was the sleep deprivation or Mm -hmm. if it was just a sign. I'm like, yeah, we didn't have a monitor. We weren't prepared. This was not how I thought Mm-hmm. I would transition to the crib. I thought I would make like a detailed plan where like at this time, it just this happens. day, and it just happened. And he slept That's amazing. That's so crazy. And he slept amazing like pretty much every single night since then. Good for Nathan for giving you. He's giving an angel, baby. First, first few He likes to terrorize us during the day sometimes, but he stops my terrorizing son. us at night. Seven years, we're going strong with my son. Like today, for example, he... I mean, he has ADHD, so he's like extra just all over the place yeah. as it is, which is, we love that. We love that quality of him. However, <laughs> he has a lot of juice. He's got <laughs> the juice, honey. He's got the juice. But he just bumbles around the house, thumping as loud as he possibly can. And I turned to him today and I was like, look, buddy, I'm trying my hardest to be a gentle parent right now, but you're making it you're very not gentle hard. Childing. <laughs> and I know you're going to go to school tomorrow and you're going to be like, my mom said... You know, X, Y, Z, if I don't stop cutting it out, and I'm going to be like, no, you missed all the context leading up to that. Like, I mean, they know how, like how hyper he is, but it's one of those things too, where like, I know you're a teacher, so you know what I'm saying. But mm-hmm. when I have my um, parent teacher conferences with my kids as teachers, I'm always like, so how's Zachary? And they're like, oh, he's so sweet and gentle and soft. And I'm like, I don't think we have the same child going to class. Like, are you sure? And I know that like, and they're like, well, that's a sign that, you know, he feels safe to be, you know, whatever he wants to be. And I'm like, I have heard that. Yeah. But I need a little bit of dose of school to come home with him where he's just like, not balls to the walls, crazy all day, every day. And does does he like sleep well through the night? Because I've heard oh, sometimes yeah. like people with ADHD might not, like not sleep well. Oh no. He sleeps like a rock. You either with me and my husband like to like mess with our kids. And so at night, so my oldest daughter, she sleep talks. <laughs> and so like, and, she, and so we'll go in her room to say good night and then she'll whip up and like start, start a conversation with us. And it makes zero sense. So we like mess with her sometimes. And sometimes she remembers it. Like she'll come out of it enough to remember that. Oh yeah. I remember you coming in my room and other times she's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And so like, I'll say good night to my son. And like, he is a rock. Like you can drop his arm on his face and he won't wake up. Amazing. He's that yeah. meme of that like little mouse, and it's like how I'm sleeping, knowing blank, 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 like how oh, I yeah. sleep, knowing I terrorize mom and dad. 
during the day. Yep. That shit crazy kid, but you know what? He sleeps good and he's good at school. So I'll take it. Whatever. Love that. We love that. So he is a little angel baby. Is there anything that you were expecting going into being a mom that has ended up differently or like not gone the way that you thought it would like, cause I feel like, especially for the people who I have seen become first time parents in my own life, because again, I had my kids when I was very young. So like all my, all my friends are now starting to have their kids because I'm, I'm about to be 29. And so, you know, they did the early regular 20 year old things and I was having kids. Um, and feel like I've seen a lot of people in my life who, um, you know, expect, you know, no, for example, the biggest one, no screen time. And then oh. you, you resort to Miss Rachel slowly and sl- more slowly and more slowly. And it becomes or, a daily thing. And then the hay bear vegetables are doodling around your, your TV all day <laughs> yeah. long. Um, so like, is there anything that you were like, I'm going to do it this way and you've maybe like adjusted? Is there anything that you can think of that's gone like not definitely, definitely the screen time definitely the screen time but I think just yeah. for like my sanity of like being able to make myself breakfast like mm-hmm. putting on Miss Rachel or like I like Katie's classroom I haven't heard that one I'll have to down. try her I like hers Miss Katie Katie's classroom she's good and I love me some hay bear hay bear is good oh. for like when they're really cranky mm-hmm. at night before bed Mm-hmm. So, like the little, but he also likes Wheel of Fortune. So like Wheel of <gasps> Fortune. <laughs> Stop it. That's a good one. Will, like, he'll hear the like Wheel of Fortune and he'll That's just like so be funny. like, oh my God, it's on. And just like. Do you guys have like a certain time it. of day where you watch that and he like, it's like so a routine. It's on, at, it's on at seven where we are. It's on at seven. Okay. Um, it's on. I know this is like controversial some places jeopardy comes on before wheel and some places mm. wheel comes on before jeopardy where i live wheel comes on before jeopardy yeah you're it's i think i'm in same pennsylvania time i think i think pennsylvania is because i'm in new hampshire so i think pennsylvania is okay, the same yeah. as new hampshire yeah like all that <laughs> I so, so. Yeah. i don't have i you know what's so funny is i used to be like big in a family feud but I also I like way back family. in the day yeah. used to like wheel of fortune and I should probably pick that up again. I actually have the routine of every morning I wake up, I get my drink of choice, be it red bull or whatever. Uh, Cause I am not a coffee drinker. Unfortunately, I wish I was wholeheartedly a coffee drinker. What? I can't do it. I know I'm like oh I'm the 1% of people who just don't vibe with coffee, but I wholeheartedly wish I did. So I drink sugar-free Red Bull. That's like my thing where, you know, if I have it in the fridge, I'll crack it open. I'll sit down with the baby and I'll put on Judy Justice. I'm a big, (laughs) I am a big Judge Judy fan. And I've recently tried to see if I can go on her show, but you have to be like, an extra like you have to have like a like a certificate or certification to be like an extra actor in a movie or something in order to be in the audience and i'm like i'm already fully booked for this year to even try to add that onto my plate but like i was heartbroken you have to find a way to do it at some point in your life so we call judge judy grammy judy in our house (laughs) when she comes on the television my daughter my youngest daughter charlie she loves like when the um like like the little tune comes on she'll like whip her head around i'm like it's grammy judy and she'll like clap and stuff it's so funny it's so funny but yeah i think 
screen time for me is just one of those things where it's like, it doesn't have to be a big deal unless you make it a big deal. And if I am all for the people who are like zero screens ever mm-hmm. on earth, it's not going to be a thing in our family. Love that. But don't judge me for doing what I got to mm-hmm. do. Like absolutely one kid, three kids, 10 kids. It comes in handy at one, one time or another, whether it be you're in a waiting room, you're in the car waiting for, you know, to do whatever, you know, whatever the case may be. It's, I feel like it, there's no way to avoid it. So like just Absolutely. concede here and there. And if it becomes part of your routine, like it's not the end of the world. That's just yeah. personally how I feel about it. Um, so good for you for doing what you need to do and watching that wheel of fortune. I love that Absolutely. for you. I think another thing that I like thought I would be like really crazy about. And I tried to be in the beginning was like schedules and I drove mm-hmm. myself crazy with like, mom's on call and like taking care of babies and like Mm -hmm. all of those like big name you know whatever they are brands or companies or like the accounts the gurus or whatever yeah the gurus that's a good good term for it Mm -hmm. but like I got like the mom's on call book and everything and it told me like your four week old should be like doing this 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 and this and I'm like being on like a wake eat, play, sleep schedule. And I'm like freaking out when he's not. So I terrorized myself for probably the first like two months of his life. Oh and then I put, I put the book down and I was like, you know what? Good, good. I don't, I don't like it. I don't like this. You know, I realized when he was like, I went back to the book around month four. I was like, what should I be doing? I feel like it should be like a guide. Like here's an example of a, like a typical for this age or, you know, a goal for this age, eat, play, sleep, you know, maybe even shit at 12 o'clock. Who knows? Like (laughs) I, schedules like stress me out and I'm currently kind of on one against my will because my child just kind of fell into one. And when she breaks away from her scheduled times, she gets crazy about it. Not me. Like I, with my older two, um, I, I never even thought of a schedule to be honest with you. I just was like, okay, great. looks like it's nap time. It looks like it's 12 o'clock. So we're going to be here. Yeah. And so like, I, but like, I remember, trying to like establish a schedule just because I have three kids and the amount of anxiety and the pit in my stomach it would give me if I was like oh my god it's already been two hours but now I'm supposed to be doing this and it's it's again it's all that information stuff too I got crazy with logging his diapers and logging his feeds and logging Mm -hmm. every time he sleeps I still log like when he naps and I still log Mm -hmm. like his feeds just for the sole fact because like I can't remember which boob I fed off of last unless I have like an app. Oh that yeah, tells that's me. really good to do. It's like if you're breastfeeding, like that is very good information to have because yeah. I don't but remember. Just because like I want to know how long he like eats for and when it's been, you know, like but I still fall yeah, is for juice, sure. and I feel like I'm I'm too neurotic mm-hmm. to just like let it go when like a schedule wasn't going on schedule mm-hmm. but that's that's something different I just one day was like you know what I have to just go with the flow mm-hmm. and he put me on like his schedule instead of me trying to put him on a schedule and he pretty much does you know he has a routine and it's between yeah. this time and this time he does things and so you have like a ballpark better. of yeah exactly I have a ballpark of like his first nap is anywhere between eight thirty and 9 you know mm-hmm. and stuff like that and he has his like 
dinner feed anywhere between five and five thirty. So that's just was so much better for me than like this time you need to stop what you're doing Mm -hmm. or all hell will break loose. So that was something different that I, I thought I would, you know, be really strict about schedules and stuff. And now I'm, you know, a lot more. I I love that you brought that up because it's an, it goes back to the information that is spread in all facets of the world be it social media the books your doctors whatever each individual baby is so different from everybody else's you might have two babies who are very similar but like i you know just looking at my three kids they were never on the same like kind of situation like they were all completely different in their own and so when people um you know if i see like a tiktok or a post of you know I'm looking for advice on this. And then you have a million people coming at you with, you need to do this. You have to do it this way. You know, this is a foolproof method. And it's like, is it though? Did you join like Facebook groups, like Facebook mom groups? I'm on there for the tea and the tea only. (laughs) Yes. I love it. And my husband is probably sick of me, like coming in the room and being like, oh my God, this girl in my Facebook group, I do it all the time. And there's like, group chats for it too. Oh my God. Oh my God. So I joined them when I was pregnant and it was like a due date group and you're like, look at my bump and who's doing their nursery Mm -hmm. and who's doing this. And now it's like this like toxic war zone where everyone's like fighting for their life. And the admin every other day are like, Hey guys, like new rules. Like, (laughs) yeah. Like Posting the 99 group rules and then, oh, there's another one. Make sure you initial if you read it. And yes. I'm like, oh my God. I read and then it, but I'm not going to let you know I did. Along with it. And then that group made like a mom's after dark group where it's like uncensored or whatever, like posts don't need approval. You can like start drama and I'm, it's chaotic, but it's fun. And that's, that's kind of why, like, I was drawn to, like, your podcast, because as soon as I saw it, you'd be like, I'm, like, looking at posts and, like, giving my opinion. I was like, that's literally, like, my favorite thing to do is, like, find tea on, mm-hmm. like, Facebook. I love comment sections. I love yes. comment sections on TikTok. Okay, so I'm going to propose something right now. We should come on here, do another one of these at some point. You find some posts. Yes. I'll find some posts. And we'll read them to one Wait, another trade. and, like, yes. talk about it. I'm, yes, I'm here for it. Okay. Okay. I'm. We're gonna set that up. We're gonna set that up. I love it. Speaking of TikToks, though, mm-hmm. I saw your post, and it, is it okay if I read it? What the caption yeah. says? Okay. Yeah. So it says, "Can't stop thinking about how society consistently pits moms against each other: breast versus formula, stay-at-home mom versus working mom, parenting styles." Is CIO? What is that? Cry it out. Cry it out. Okay. The list goes on. We're all in this journey um, on motherhood together, though. We need a sisterhood more than the need to be right. I love that. And that is literally the whole point to me starting this podcast. And so mm-hmm. I just wanted to take a second, and let you know that I saw that. And I Thank appreciate you. what you put on there <laughs> because you'd see those people. And it's for me, for me, the one that triggers me the absolute most is the people who are breastfeeding pitted against the people who are formula mm-hmm. feeding. That drives me absolutely batshit crazy. It doesn't because matter. It's like, it literally doesn't matter. It is not the 1950s or whatever time frame formula first came out where they had these things posted about, you know, oh, this is why formula is so bad. It's literally 2023. Uh-huh. And yeah. it drives me 
so crazy. Like if you are breastfeeding, I love that so much for you. I want you to be gung ho on it. I want you to do whatever it is that your journey for yourself and what feels good for you. For me personally, I knew going into my third child that I had failed twice at it and that my mental health is a very fragile thing. And so I'm going to give it a whirl. Yes. What happens, but we, I stocked up on formula, which thank God I did because the formula shortage started shortly after I, um, I gave birth. Oh my God. Yeah. So I like really blessed myself in that department. That's lucky that you did that. Yeah. I was like, you know what? I just have, like, I knew breastfeeding wasn't going to be a long-term thing before I had my daughter, my third daughter. And so I, you know, I, I told my husband, cause we had talked about it. I'm like, you know what? I, it's been seven years. I don't know if there's something that maybe had clicked in my body that is going to make it so I can produce. And if I can do it great, I plan to do it for maybe six months. If I can pump, I'm happy to pump, but like, I have a feeling we're going to be formula. So like, I think we should get some. And that like the fact that people can't see that there is no one way to feed a baby is just, and it's not even, I really honestly don't feel like it's the formula people who are like, it's not it's 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 a breastfed people thinking that like the way you choose to feed your child means you're like morally superior or Mm -hmm. like inferior and feeding your child has no morality to it as long as you're feeding your child of course but feeding your child formula or feeding your child off of your breast mm-hmm. neither is like morally superior and I just it doesn't it's make just sense the people like they double down and they're like fed is not best fed is like the minimum like are you really gonna and they like compare formula to giving your baby McDonald's every day oh yeah like, how are you I making this and what what like mental gymnastics is going like Simone Biles is in your head doing Simone this Biles is like gymnastics. I'm gonna just like yeah the math ain't mathin but Simone Biles it's, is gonna be mathin for you for she's, whatever reason she's doing mental gymnastics in yeah. your head for you yeah. to get to these points for what mm-hmm. to terrorize these moms who already have a million things to worry about and a million things that give them postpartum anxiety and postpartum depression. And I love that you brought up like your story of like, it didn't work. I, I knew, you know, I was going to try, but you prioritized your mental health because Mm -hmm. your babies need a happy, healthy mom Mm -hmm. more than they need breast milk. Well, and what what doesn't make sense either is like, if I'm not mentally able to handle it, my child is ultimately suffering. Yeah. And like it's it's also like I'm pretty sure like if there's a mental block, it also if your stress, stress is affect, related, absolutely, yeah, it's going to affect your supply. And then you're like, what is wrong with me? And then it like the cycle starts building and building and building. And like I have done a significant amount of work to be able to be in the mental capacity and like space that I'm in to be able to like prioritize myself. That's awesome. And I just I I knew that like there was going to be no questions asked. My husband was like whatever you want to do, girlfriend, I don't give a flying fig Newton. We like love supportive husbands. Yes. He's like, cause I mean, my older two are not biologically his. So this was his first go with like having a baby, the pregnancy, like all the things. And he's done a really good job just kind of flying by the seat of our pants because I'm like, we were going to plan for one thing. And I promise you, it's not going to go like that. That's all I.e., yeah. My birth story with her. I went in 
absolutely gung-ho on not having a c-section i was terrified i had a traumatic experience with getting an epidural with my first and so i was like terrified of the needle going in my back not even having a c-section it was the whole thing going in my back and so um charlie had other plans two whole days of laboring and i was i I ended up begging for a c-section they were like no i think we should try this i was like nope Nope, I'm going to have a C-section now. I'm ready. And they're like, but you have it on your birth plan that like you want to avoid it at all costs. And I was like, I'm a liar. Like, <laughs> I'm a liar. I give, completely lied to you. Now. So yeah, so it's like you just, and I mean, the hospital that I had my third child at, thank God, they were so supportive on whatever I wanted. They were like, do you want to breastfeed? That's you amazing. And I was like, what? I feel like, like the no, hospitals are always so pushy. Like you I are doing not. skin to skin with your baby. And then all of a sudden you have this like lactation consultant, like mm-hmm. grabbing your boob and like sandwiching it as yeah, she's like, like shoving your newborn's yeah. mouth onto your tit. You're like, mm-hmm. what is going on? You're like, yeah. I'm still bleeding. Like uh, what is going on? You're pushing mm-hmm. my newborn onto my boob. You mm-hmm. you have your hands on me. I'm like, what? Yeah, I could literally go into a whole thing about like my three experiences and how each of them were drastically different with trying to breastfeed because they were drastically different when my doctor was like, so are we formula feeding or breastfeeding or like, what's the game plan? And I was like, I have a choice. That's so nice. Because like my first two, they were like, oh breast, 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 breast. Yep. And they were like, well, you know what? If you want to do pumping, let's get you on the pump. And they brought a pump in. And that's amazing. We need I, more healthcare workers like that. I was shooketh to my core and I'm, I'm thankful that they were there to remind me that like, whatever happens happens and it's, you know, whatever the plan is going to be or however we're going to do things is however we're going to do things. And it really worked out well. Um, with that said, I also saw another TikTok of yours where you were talking about two under two. Yes. <laughs> and you said, I almost asked you in the beginning, like about your age gap. Yeah. So it was how many months apart? 13 months and oh five days goodness. apart. <gasps> yeah. Wow. So that was really soon that after. That was really soon. So I was basically pretty much around Nathan's age when I got pregnant again. Okay. Um, completely completely un, unexpected, unplanned. Um, like I said, I was on the pill for my daughter and got pregnant. And then I had an IUD that I, from what I recall correctly, there was a bad batch of IUDs that came in oh and goodness. a bunch of people <gasps> around the same time that I found out I was pregnant were ending up pregnant with the IUD. And mine had just like expelled a little bit mm-hmm. and ended up coming out all the way but yeah i ended up um pregnant very shortly after i had my daughter oh my goodness. Um, and it was hard because i like i had mentioned previously i was on autopilot um i was a single mother mm-hmm. my daughter's biological father from the jump was like yeah no toodaloo i'm not doing this and i was like okay like whatever i got this like i'm not yeah. scared to be a mom i got this whatever and then my son's biological father came into the picture and when we found out we were pregnant with him, things in our relationship drastically changed and it became a DV situation. So, um, about a month after Zachary was born is when he 
pretty much left the picture. I mean, we still battled in court and, you know, all that shit, but, um, for all intents and purposes, I was a single mom up until my son's first birthday when my husband and I, who have known each other forever, um, started reconnecting and then we started dating and got married. So, um, but that like, I don't regret it though, as hard as it was. And as hard as I, Fought to like literally just get through day by day because I was on autopilot. I think it wouldn't have been as hard had I had the support, right? Like if my husband <laughs> and I did it right now, I mean, it would be wild to have a fourth child, but, um, <laughs> you know, I, we definitely can do it. And I don't discourage people if they like, I feel like you see on the mom group specifically on Facebook, you see the people who are like, ah, why are you getting pregnant again so soon? That's crazy. And it's and like, everyone's getting pregnant again on the Facebook group now. Like everyone's posting like their pregnancy. And I'm like, am I jealous or not? I can't tell. You know, it's like baby. part of I me wa- wants it again. Mm-hmm. And part of me doesn't. I, I think it like definitely explore it. Like if that is something that you are really considering, like don't let it scare you because I mean, obviously you come from a background of being around kids. So I feel like, A, you already have a leg up on most people yeah. <laughs> being able to handle kids in a classroom and, you know, all of that, you know, that's definitely a leg up. But um, like, do you have any specific questions about it? Because I know that you were kind of like asking people to give their take. Like, do you have any like specific concerns about it? I don't know. I People always bring up like the like, oh, I would like wait for the first one to be out of diapers. But like, I, I don't know. I feel like I don't really understand that because like, I feel like mm-hmm. I would rather just be like, okay, everyone's getting their diaper changed right now. You are, know? Right. Well, and that's the thing, right? It's like you're already doing, doing it. it. Why yeah. would you want to start over? You like you get through that. You hit the milestone of being potty trained. You finally get it like a little relief of the diapers. And then yeah. you want to go back into it. For me, that wouldn't make much sense. That but doesn't make sense to me. No, I would rather just reason. stay in like the diaper era for mm-hmm. longer than like mm-hmm. exit the diaper era and go back into the diaper era. Yeah, that's, no that's a weird reason to not But also, I feel one. like everyone quotes like, oh my God, I want my kids like close in age so that mm-hmm. they're like clothed they're, so they're like mm-hmm. besties but I feel like that's not always the case like my husband he's one of three and mm-hmm. literally all three of them are almost exactly two years apart like they're oh. almost exactly all two years apart that's interesting and they have some interests that are similar and they get along but they're not like besties you know yeah. and like me and my sister are five years apart and then our brother is six years older than her. So mm-hmm. me and my brother have an 11 year age gap. That's huge. Wow. That like, is big. We don't, you know, I have like, a sister who's 12 years younger than me. And I remember being like, when my dad told us they were going to be having her, I was like, what the hell? Like, okay. I mean, I don't really care, but like, it's that's just a wild. Big gap. Yeah. yeah. And, and my parents chose to wait, you know, five years or six years between all of us. And that's fine. But mm-hmm. it, for me, I feel like that's way too long between mm-hmm. all my kids. And plus mm-hmm. like, I would rather just be done like having kids soon Yeah. rather than like extend it through my thirties. But yeah. I would rather them be, I think like a like two years apart. I mean, I mean, I think it goes without saying there's no like hard, fast rule and like do this or do that. And, you know, if you, I think are thinking about it, it's also something to consider is I didn't know secondhand infertility was a thing. 
And mm. so, you know, that's also I something to consider that. of, you know, if you decide to wait two years and then it takes you a year, two years to have a second child, you know, that's something to consider. And, um, for my third child, um, it had, like I said, been seven years, but I, my husband and I tried for four years before we got pregnant and we thankfully didn't end up having to go through IVF or anything. We, we were going through like just crazy stuff. And then the pandemic started. And so we were like, you know, we don't have the funds first of all, to be able to dump into IVF. Cause that is like the fact that that costs as much as it does is insane. Um, thankfully we just randomly got pregnant and I was like, Oh my God, like that's amazing. amazing. Good yeah. for us. Yeah. It finally happened. But <laughs> you know, I just, at one point I was told I had PCOS and I was like, oh I don't goodness. really know what that is. And then, you know, we weren't sure if it was maybe my husband who had something wrong because he didn't biologically bear or help with the first two. And that's so, true, yeah. you know, something to look into. Cause I was like, I thought once I knew I could have kids. I thought that was just like, you're good. Yeah. I thought I was and Nathan was a one try baby. So like I strategically that's a, that's planned out cool. like when I know, I know. Oh my God. Kinda, I've so always good. wanted to do that. But like, I feel like that's also one of those things where like, not a lot of people get to experience that. So like, co- yeah. cool for you that you got to do that. Like, yeah, I like, just I'm was like so and- nervous going into yeah trying to conceive like I got mm-hmm. the ovulation kits and I was testing yeah. like all all the nine yards and everything because I realized I really didn't know like a lot about like the female reproductive so system there's so, so much, much we don't learn so mm-hmm. doing that and testing my LH even though I only like did it for a month mm-hmm. was just really enlightening that like I, I got to know my body more and got to know mm-hmm. more about the process more and it was really crazy but I strategically tried to plan like okay here's when we're going to like start trying to conceive and we had agreed upon like March I think and then in like the end of December I was like but like what if it takes like three months what if it like fails and it takes three months and then you know March becomes April May and June Mm -hmm. and then like that's off of our course because another thing about us is we work as a sleepaway summer camp we like I have that on my list to talk to you about (laughs) We pick up and we move to a summer camp. So I had to plan when I'm yeah. going to have this baby around summer camp. Mm-hmm. So at the end of December, I'm like, please, can we like try now? Because it's mm-hmm. going to take like a couple months. We're going to mm-hmm. see a couple negatives. Mm-hmm. And then like by March, we'll get our positive. Mm-hmm. Uh, literally the first try. And Wild. I was I was so shocked. And I had a moment, of course, I was over the moon. And then on about the 10th pregnancy test, I just like start crying because it was just such a quick turnaround of mm-hmm. like, I want to be pregnant. I am pregnant. That, that everything shock was factor like, is like, yes. it doesn't matter no if to it's prepare. like, yes. And I feel like, like when you have those first couple negatives, right. It's like, okay, you're kind of expecting it to go one way or another where like, when you yeah. do it, when you actually are like putting a plan in place for the first time, it's like, you, again, you just don't know what's happening. So like, I can imagine that you were like, holy guacamole. Mm-hmm. Like, And I love plans and I love when plans go exactly According right. Like I'm, yeah. I'm a very Same. like type A type of person. Yes. So that's why I was like, yes, if we get pregnant now, we'll have the baby in September. I won't be super, super pregnant during the summer. Like mm-hmm. it'll be okay. And we were like, oh shit. Oh yeah. fuck. <laughs> everything worked out but now I'm like nervous about 
trying to conceive a second time because of second secondary infertility and everything. Yeah. And, you know, that's why I'm kind of like, well, like, what if we start like trying like now, mm-hmm. but what if but it happens when you the have first that. time yeah. again? Yeah. No. Then like something we're not that might also, ready. um, I know like, I don't, I, again, I didn't breastfeed. So like, I, what do they say that like, you're more fertile when you're breastfeeding or you're in, like, you're not conceiving or it's what's that, ovulating, ovulating. It's, um, it's up in the air. A lot of the information that was probably given to like our moms was that you mm-hmm. don't ovulate when you're on your, when you're breastfeeding because okay. you don't get your period. And they okay. say like you you can't ovulate if you're not getting a period, but that's right. not true. You can still ovulate and you can still be like fertile and mm, you can still okay. have fertile days. Um, so even though you might not have your cycle back, you could still mm-hmm. get pregnant. So basically that's a big question mark on like there, you could be fertile. You could not be fertile. <laughs> I know it's crazy. I feel like well, we should know this. <laughs> I feel like there's a whole lot of things I should know and I don't. And I'm like, oops, <laughs> oops. <laughs> just swimming um, through life. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, I'm still on autopilot. Here I am nine <laughs> years after my first, and I'm still just cruising, hoping for the best. <laughs> um, I wanted to ask though, because I know that you just mentioned summer camp. First of all, what does your husband Kyle do for work? If it's okay to um, share. He, yeah. Oh my God. It's totally fine. He is getting his second master's right now to become a school counselor. <gasps> amazing so So he he likes working he likes working with kids Mm -hmm. yeah good for him I feel like that's so important and I wish I had utilized my school counselor more back in the day because there was my childhood was wild um and you know my daughter has experienced some bullying in school unfortunately and so she's gone to see the counselor a few times and I told her I was like you know mommy goes to therapy and I'm like your school counselor isn't exactly the same thing but like if you're ever feeling like you need to confide in someone I hope you know that like that resource is there and she's she's talked about like I feel like I go to the nurse too much and like that's what the nurse is there for if you need something and you feel safe enough to go speak to her about things and you know if you're not feeling good you know whatever just I wish I had the resources like be not that not they weren't available do. but like yeah like i feel like my kids at school is truly oh my gosh i live on a main road and there's like always people or sirens going by um oh no but you know i just i'm thankful that like school counselors are just embedded in school systems and as much as like i feel like people aren't aware that like those resources are there it's it's nice that he is invested in helping kids like that's really mm-hmm. truly awesome he loves it and he's so good with like that like middle to high school level he's just like very good with that type of group because he has a lot of interests like he loves pokemon and marvel but he also loves <laughs> baseball and husband. football like he loves everything yes, so he's my able to same. like he's like he's like a geek he's relatable and yeah and like sporty so he can relate to all different sorts of Mm -hmm. people in general and especially kids so that's just why like kids you know will feel comfortable with him whether they're probably feel like okay to gravitate towards them yeah yeah or they're bonding over baseball yeah that's so cool. So when you guys go to the summer camp, are you guys doing like teaching style things or like, is he a counselor at like a summer camp? Like what is the dynamic with that? 
Yeah, I'm so very how intrigued. it works, um, and this will be my ninth summer and his fifth summer. So I started okay. when I was 19. Okay. And I was a counselor, so I like lived in the bunk with the kids and everything. And our summer camp has um, kids who are ages like seven to mm-hmm. ages like 15. Okay. And oh, that's a pretty stay- good age. It's yeah, it's a big age range. It's really fun. A lot of kids, mostly from like New York, Maryland, Jersey, uh, some from Florida. Mm. Um, yeah, mainly like the tri-state area. Mm-hmm. And they come for summer camp and they can stay for the first four weeks, the mm-hmm. last three weeks or all seven weeks. Okay. Um, so that's the setup and everything. And it's it's really fun. And our roles, I'm the girls head counselor. So I oversee all of the girl campers, all of the girl counselors and all the girl like division leaders, like the heads of each of the age groups or the like grades three through eight. Okay. And then my husband does the same exact thing, but for the boys, before the guys, we're kind of like were the counterparts of each other. And that's been like like, a really fun experience to kind of like grow up into it with him. Cause I brought him to camp, you know, we started dating. I told Mm -hmm. him, Hey, this is a part of me. This is going to be my fifth summer at camp. Mm -hmm. I'm not like not going back because of you. You're either coming with me. me. Yeah, exactly. You're either coming with me or we're going to be apart for the summer. Mm -hmm. And he decided to come with me. We were both like division leaders at that time. So we were assigned one age group. Mm -hmm. We were responsible for those kids only and Mm -hmm. our counselors only and had like that person above us and everything. Mm -hmm. Then we got to like grow into being that person above everyone. And it's just a a really special experience because we got to work with all of the age groups, minus Mm -hmm. the high schoolers. Not that I care about that, but um, (laughs) they're a whole different like realm. They're a whole different world of camp. They really are. But it's just fun because you get to know the littles and you get to know the 13 year olds. And it's just a very, very cool experience to kind of, you know, work with all of the age groups and see see the different needs. Yeah, I can see how that like you guys working in tandem and being kind of in the same position. Like I can see how fun that would be. It's really fun. Yeah. So how is the dynamic going to work like bringing Nathan? Are you I'm assuming you're bringing him? Mm -hmm. Yes. So we'll have a nanny. And that nanny will, like, after breakfast, take him during the day, do activities with him, like, push him around in a stroller, like, got this awesome, like, pop-up tent that they could play in, like, just, like, trot around camp, have an awesome day, like, put him down, feed him, put him down for naps, we'll see him at, like, meals and everything. And then um, we'll have him, like, at night, we'll do, like, bedtime routine with him and then just, like, have the monitor to like watch him. So it is really special. And summer camps like this have been around since like the like fifties, probably before that too, probably like thirties, forties. And um, the directors of our camp went to a summer camp and they had a daughter that, you know, grew up in summer camp Mm -hmm. like this. And plenty of other people have like kids that grow up in summer camps like this. And we're just so excited to get to like, give him that experience because we yeah, have like counselors from all over the world yeah. exactly the exposure, the exposure we have counselors from all over the world like mm-hmm. he'll hear people speaking in british accents and he'll like get to you know as he grow up that's grow up. parent trap stuff 
literally. <laughs> I'm so we actually, excited. I just watched that for the first time with my oldest daughter. For the first time? Parent Trap. Yep. I was like, because she's very girly. She's very much into like the clubs and just, you know, she's friends with everybody. She's a little social, social butterfly. She's the best little version of me. And um, I was like, I forgot about it. And then I heard the song from that movie L is for the way you look at me, all that. Yes, yeah. I heard that. And I was like, oh, Skylar. I was like, there's a movie. Do you want to watch with me? <gasps> I love and that she name. was so, she was so, oh, thank you, by the way. Um, she was so intrigued. She was like, this is so cool. And I I'm love like, that movie. I'm like, I, I wish know, I could I love know how many times I've watched that movie in my lifetime. You would probably throw up at it. It's probably over no, like a hundred times. That. I love it's, that. Like I've, I've watched it so many times back when like we watched like regular yeah. TV all the time. Like the VHS I had it, on VHS. So did I. Every time mm-hmm. it was like on TV, no matter what point it was mm-hmm. in it, I would have it on. I love all that. The time. Um, I know we're getting close to an hour and a half, so I'll kind of wrap this up because I'm not wanting to keep you forever so you can get some sleep, but. Um, (laughs) I wanted to ask around the camping because Skylar actually asked me like, Oh my gosh, can I go to one of those? And I'm like, um, I don't know. So like, what is the experience like in terms of like safety? Because I feel like that's my hang up. Mm -hmm. I am a very anxious person when it comes to like my kids being around people that I don't know. And like, I'm very wary of like sleepovers because of, you know, how easily something could happen. And so what because i've never been to a summer camp mm-hmm. i my summers off from school were filled with laying around the house and being locked outside depending on <laughs> whose parents house i was at but um what like what is the safety factor of it and like the overall experience because i I'm, i want to better understand it you're definitely not like the only parent that's definitely like a driving force of you know conversations around should i send my kid to, mm-hmm. to summer camp and it's such a good point but you know like i said all of our counselors are from all over the world. So that kind of like, you know, in a sense, like heightens your like anxiety about it mm-hmm. because like, who are these people? But a mm-hmm. lot of them are like 18, 19 year olds and who just want to experience like the United States for the first time. Mm-hmm. Everyone gets um, fingerprinted. Everyone gets background checks. Okay. Everyone is like, you know, vetted through a, an interview process and everything during okay. staff orientation week. We're taught, you know, how to keep kids safe. We're taught how to identify like, a pedophile situation, mm-hmm. um, you know, never be alone with uh, kids, you know, and stuff okay. like that, you know, look That's out for yeah. if anyone is purposely putting themselves alone with kids. So mm-hmm. that's definitely something we like drive home about that. And, you know, as the head counselors, my husband and I are in conversation with parents all the time, just like oh, okay. a quick email of like, Hey, how's so-and-so doing? And, you know, mm-hmm. we go check on her and then I write an email back and, you know, it, it gives the parents peace of mind. And mm-hmm. a lot of camps are like that, um, where, you know, you'll have so many phone calls with your camper and you're able to have like a staff person being checked checking in with you and everything to an extent, of course, like I'm yeah. not going to spend my whole day giving you updates about yeah. Oh, yeah, your daughter, yeah. but, you know, within reason. But safety is is definitely, you know, in all the specialty areas like the lake 
for like the high ropes are, you know, everyone is certified. Everyone has to be certified, you know, food, everyone is certified in like food safety and stuff like that. So it takes, you know, it's taken very seriously, especially if on the campus, like accredited, it has Mm -hmm. to be taken seriously. Um, so like if I were to want to talk to Skylar, does she have access to be able to talk to me at certain points? Like if I were to send her somewhere? Um, not like it depends on the camp, my camp, like on a whim. No, mm-hmm. um, you like schedule your phone calls and then okay. you like know when they are, but you're able to like send her mail any, any time. And we have like a one way email system where okay. you'd be able to send her like an email that gets printed out for her to read, but she's not able that. to send you like an email back, but that's gotcha. just how okay. like our camp works. No, that makes sense. I mean, I, definitely wouldn't want to be a distraction of any means because if I'm sending my child to something, yeah. I definitely want them to Are focus on it. But. A lot of camps up like in that area, like my area in the Poconos has like 38 summer camps in really? like this um, one small area. I haven't really dove too far into it. Cause she, she asked me and I was like, uh, I'll like look into it and like rain check with you on this. Yeah. But I know <laughs> that there's one semi close. I think it's probably like 15 minutes from here where I actually went there for uh, I was in sixth grade I believe I went there for like a weekend and I was absolutely miserable because I just was anxious the whole time and yeah um, I felt like I wasn't ever going home for some reason even though I knew like come Sunday I was oh, going no. home it was just like I had never been in that element yeah. and I was a it's very tough. shy child in terms like in that period like once I got to high school it was different but you know in middle school I was very much I felt like I was an outcast and so it was very mm. much not my type of situation where like Skylar could go to that and flourish so you know I don't want to prevent I don't want to prevent her from doing things because of my own anxiety but Mm -hmm. you know I just feel like the world now is tenfold scarier than when I was a kid and so I just I freak out yes but something within like the camp community we always talk about is like the Mm -hmm. camp bubble so like Mm -hmm. you you get to camp and then all of a sudden you're in this like camp bubble where like you Mm -hmm. kind of forget about like the outside world like Mm -hmm. the outside news doesn't really like matter for a while and you know you're just in this bubble encapsulated and our camp does like trips outside Mm -hmm. of camp okay that's a whole nother like safety issue too it's like a little stressful but like we really we have a lot of conversations with our counselors about how important it is to like make sure you're keeping track of your group and everything and Mm -hmm. making sure that every you know everyone is taken care of and safe and you know healthy well i appreciate your feedback on this because it's definitely something that I want to explore. I just, I have, I don't have anybody I know who does anything like this. So when I saw that you wrote that in, I was like, this is perfect. amazing. If you have any other questions, feel free to let me know after this. I definitely, I definitely will. Thank you so much. Um, I think that is everything I wanted to hit on today's episode. Is there anything you wanted to talk about? I don't think so. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I am so oh, glad Nathan you. went down. You had a little bit of mommy time. And oh, like I great. said, I would love to do another episode with you at some point. So I'll be in touch. I would about love that, that too. We definitely need to. Let's definitely keep in touch. But this is another episode of the Strugglehood Podcast. Thank you, Mariah, for coming on. And I'll catch everybody soon. 